the Buffalo Podcast. Hi everyone, it's Monique Gordion, and the great news is you found the podcast, a space for stories that will arouse a smile and inspire us as we tap into our collective experiences. Enjoy. Welcome everybody to the Buffalo Podcast. It's so great to have you back. I think we've got lots of good things in store for us. And one of those things is Therese LaFleche. Hey, Therese, how are you? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm great. We met, we kind of met through the travel um, community. I don't even know how I connected with you. I must have seen a post of yours or something or I'm not really sure, but I'm thrilled to be. There was a post of mine. Actually, I think it was in my Facebook group because you had ah. mentioned your son in Sweden. Ah, yes, I contact. I reached out to you, didn't I? About and the as soon as somebody says, "I would like to move somewhere," well, I'm all over it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my happy place. <laughs> now, why is that your happy place? You might as well, since we've kind of hit that spot, you might as well tell me um, or tell us. Oh my goodness, that is a good question. I think it started. I mean, when I was 17, I made my very first move. I moved mm. just over 1,500 kilometers from home. Ah. Um, it was scary. There was a bit of a challenge. And then I ended up moving because I found a better job. Mm. And and with each move, I discovered something about myself. I ah. discovered something about the world. I was very introverted as mm. a teenager. Mm-hmm. And traveling and especially moving, like, being able to conquer a new location, integrate into a new, you know, mm. environment mm. did a lot for the self-esteem. Yeah. And it helped extrovert me. And mm. I just became passionate about it. And you know what it's like. I mean, when you really enjoy something, <laughs> yeah. you want to share it, right? So that so those, those first movings, were they within Canada? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. And how did you venture abroad? Um, the first, um, I, I've always dreamt of France mm. when I was in university, I was obsessed with like Louis the 15th and <laughs> Versailles and all the, oh, you know, yeah. the grandeur of the chateaus and everything. Um, I had kind of forgotten it a bit. We ended up moving to Florida. I say to warm up from the Canadian winters. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you live in that cold. I mean, I'm from sunny Queensland. I just can't even imagine. You know. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we warmed up, and I ended up meeting my now husband. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was living in Florida, I worked with his brother-in-law, and oh. he was actually in France. Oh. And things just evolved I mean I don't know how you feel about manifestation but oh yes this life is something I manifested so I I moved around I mean as a teenager and then I had my daughter when I was 23 I was a single mom Mm -hmm. continued it I had like an expiration date people started joking of about three years I would get bored and move on to the next area (laughs) so what do you mean three years you get bored with Living with the location. Ah, oh, yes. Okay. No, like, I mean, it could be a Canadian city, the, you know, uh, Florida, anything. It. I felt like, I don't know, after three years, mm. you know the city like the back of your mm. hand. There's, mm. You've discovered, you've done the tourist discovery. You've discovered it as a local, put your mark on it. 
And then I needed that next challenge. It really became a bit of an addiction, I think. Yeah, I hear you. I'm, yeah. I, hear, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm a bit of a nomad myself. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, where did you move to when you, uh, like you got married over there? Like how did that work? I did. Um, I mean, we we traveled back and forth. He was originally going to come to Florida. Mm. Um I didn't really see the point when there was the, you know, Europe <laughs> waiting for us. <laughs> yeah. oh. And so we um, we originally landed in in Paris. Mm-hmm. And so I had my daughter who was, she had just turned 12 at the time or was about to turn 12. And she absolutely didn't want to move anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like the preteens. I was ruining her life and and understandably so because she had moved quite a bit up until then as well um and she's a big foodie she's actually a chef today and she like runs yeah she's actually overseeing restaurants in Paris and and things so oh my god that's amazing so the way that I got her you know motivated and willing to move to France was the variety of cheeses Oh, yes. French love their cheese, don't they? You always have to know, you know, what angle to come from. <laughs> Get somebody enthusiastic about something. <laughs> now, some would say manipulation, but I think it's inspiration, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and she take. thanks me now. I mean, I bet she does. she's worked with Michelin chefs. She has, oh, yeah. you know, had opportunities that she wouldn't have had anywhere else in the wow. world. So. Wow. And she stayed there. So she did. Yeah, I didn't. I moved to Germany and oh, but did she, she? Um, yeah, she's still she's a French lady, and she went to Australia for a year and a half. Ah, take some time off, but always knowing that she was going to go back yeah. to Paris. Yeah, yeah. So, but you you live in in France now, in the north of France. East, I think. Yeah, we're actually on the Atlantic Ocean, so we're closest to England <laughs> now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we, um, we got here, honestly, by accident, we were supposed to do a road trip through the south of France. Um, Just the plan was to drive until we found that one location where we just fell in love and wanted to settle. Mm. But COVID hit, and our house closed three days after they closed all the borders. And so we were in an Airbnb down the street from our old house for five weeks. <laughs> yeah. They closed your house. What does that mean? Oh, like the, cause we had sold our house. So closing, oh, um, like the final signature. Oh, I, see. I see the yeah. sale had closed, had gone through. Yeah. I understand. Exactly. Yeah. And so after five weeks, I just wanted to get to France and get our son into the culture. Mm. Uh, we knew somebody here. And honestly, I thought, it always rained here and there was probably nothing interesting. We wouldn't miss anything. So we came here to kind of kill time until life went back to normal because COVID was only supposed to last three to five weeks. Remember in the very beginning. Yeah. And France really closed down, didn't it? Like it, you couldn't go out. Like I had a friend who was stuck over there and she said it was, you know, quite closed down. Yeah, yeah, you weren't allowed to go more than I think it was a kilometer. Yeah. Or something like that. So so we, you know, killed time here and we ended up falling in love. I mean, there's it's a magical, there's enchanted oh. forests. Oh my god. There's mystical stones. There's yeah. Oh, so really? we just fell in love. This is the first time in my life that I said, 
that's it. I, I'm not moving anymore. Wow. That's yeah. And before that, we were talking before on how like the idea of not being able to move is like suffocating. Yeah. I had a panic attack once in my life <laughs> because I didn't think we were going to move anymore. Oh. And now I, and so that's, I mean, that's part of the reason why I'm so enthusiastic in helping others move too, is because mm. There's a vested interest <laughs> in that I don't want to move anymore. So when I help my clients move to their location, mm. I get to move vicariously through them. Yeah. So two things. One is, um, do you live in a village or is it a city or? No, we're in a small little, it's a fisherman's village. Oh my gosh. There's, you yeah. know, I, I'm going to try and visit you. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> really? I'm, I'm really good at inviting myself <laughs> places. As you uh, should be. You know, if you don't plant those seeds, a lot of opportunities don't present themselves. Yeah, if so. someone says to me, come and visit, I'll go, you know, I'm going to take you up on that. And I do <laughs> because, you know, that's the best way to see the world when you're traveling is to be with locals because yeah, it's definitely. a real authentic experience, you know. Um, okay, the other thing I was going to ask you is, what do you what do you mean by you help people? Um, you know, you said because you're not moving anymore, you have a great joy in helping people move. I mean, I yeah. know what you do. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm fishing here for you to elaborate on what that means. I mean, my what I do is kind of like self created as well. Basically, mm. what I did was. I mean, I mentioned I made my first move when I was 17. So mm. I have moved 29 times over the period of 32 years. And so you get <gasps> oh my to gosh, know that's a lot. what you're doing <laughs> after a while. I mean, I can pack a house in my sleep now. I can literally, I am down to three days of like packing and unpacking an entire house. Everything is in its place. Wow. Boxes are broken down at the recycling bin or in the basement waiting for the next move. Wow. Um, and I just, I mean, I've helped and given pointers to friends and family mm. my entire life. You know, I mean, it's like that natural thing that you do, right? When you know somebody, you share the advice. Yeah. But then I started um, meeting different types of people. So there was, you know, I started talking to people that were like, oh, you know, like, what does your husband do for work that allows you to move so much? Mm. Or, you know, what family do you come from to have the finances to move mm. so much? And I realized that there was all these limiting beliefs. Mm. On, you know, you need money to move. Mm. You should be retired. You have to wait for the kids to get out of the house. You need a job that allows you to move. Mm. And it's just not true. I mean, mm. I have had so many careers because I would take the job that would allow me to get the visa that I wanted. Oh, or, really? you know what I mean? Like everything was like, where do I want to be? And then I made, I worked everything else out around that. And I saw that people weren't seeing that as a possibility. And I find it a shame. <laughs> and so <laughs> we start with like mindset mm. or, you know, really like, doing research but without the overwhelm because there's a lot of rabbit holes on the internet mm. you know I mean, if you want to move somewhere find out 
what it is that you need to know for your life, your lifestyle. You don't need mm-hmm. to know the history and all the politics and everything yeah. else right from the get go. Yeah. Um, so there's that part of it. And I mean, I take them right through from the idea, hmm, I would like to live here, but I don't think I can, to actually being in the country or city, wherever they want to be, and integrating, making it home. Mm. Because for a while, I was also, I was teaching languages for a while. Um, In Germany at the beginning, I didn't speak German, so I taught English. That's what I could do. And I started meeting a lot of people that were expats living in another country, some for 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. They didn't speak the language. They were were eating, like they would order food online to have what they were accustomed to. They they weren't at home. They They were like... They hadn't integrated. No, they were long-term tourists is what I called them. Yeah. And, And that was sad because, I mean, you're not fully living your life. No. And so, so at the end sorry, can I ask mm-hmm. a question? Were they um did they feel disconnected to the community, to the country they were living in? Or would were they happy being sort of you know they were they were happy. Most of them were happy. Um I mean an example is I mean, right here in France, there's a huge British community. Mm. And there's some that live within town and then there's some that they live like in their own little Mm. neighborhood, I guess we could say, Mm. you know, and so they live amongst themselves and they'll go to the bakery, they go to the butcher, but they're still living in this English community and they're still making their English recipes, which is fine. I mean, I make Indian recipes and Mexican and everything else. Yeah. I have my social circle that is French and I have my American friends and British friends too, but I think it's great to have, I mean, I have, I haven't met any Canadians here. I know that there is one close to me, (laughs) One. but I have have a couple of American friends and it is good. I mean, it's, it's great to, you know, be able to connect with somebody every once in a while, have that glass of wine and have that, that sense of humor that's relatable. Yes. The sense of humor is the one thing that I find is the hardest to like adapt to yeah. fully because you have those nuances and inside jokes and things. Um, and so it's refreshing to have that from time to time. But So when um, you moved to France, did you already speak French? Oh, of course you did because you come from um, a French-speaking part of Canada, right? Yeah, and I mean, I thought I did because oh. I grew up bilingual right I mean I only spoke French with my father Mm. I spoke English with my mom I went to school in a bilingual school so half subjects were French half of them were English yeah however when I moved to France I realized that I was speaking a completely different language there was a lot of similarities but the vocabulary is different Mm. grammar is the same but Mm. yeah the words and everything are quite different sometimes so I had to learn a new version and I usually tell people I mean when you go somewhere just I mean for your own you know you're like to be accepted by the locals Mm. and it's kind of a sign of respect to like learn the menu or something you know you can Mm. learn like a small little thing it's good for your self-esteem because you see that you can do this so you started helping people with um moving what do you call it you don't call it moving what do you call it um becoming an expert Um, or yeah the program that I have at the moment is called the expat experience Ah. 
because I feel like three phases of being an expat. Okay. You know, there's that whole, do I want to, can I, part of it, getting ready mentally and physically and, you know, with all your belongings, you have to bring an old life to an end, basically. Yes, that's right. And create a new one, right? Mm. And then you have that middle phase where you're actually moving and going to the new location and setting up that life. And, you know, there's there's things that we don't realize we have to prepare for, too. I mean, uh, I don't know if this is a funny story or not, but... Oh, tell me. <laughs> I joke sometimes on, I don't know how many people I possibly injured or killed or accidents ah! I caused. when we came came to France um I went to the Ministry of Transportation I had done the paperwork I gave them my Canadian my I forget I gave them the the driver's license that I had at the moment I believe it was Canadian and they swapped it for a French license they were sending mine back to the government because our licenses don't belong to us they're property of the government is that true I didn't know yeah and off I went and I was driving around Paris and I mean the Parisians have a reputation for being impatient rude you know they're not insulted by it they they kind of take it as a badge of honor yeah (laughs) okay and people were honking at me and I kept like I would get home and I'd be like oh my god I can't drive with these Parisians they're so rude and they're always (laughs) my husband was like you're gonna get used to it don't worry and then one day he was in the car with me I'm sure enough somebody hugs and I'm like see what I mean like just randomly and he was like no what are you doing you cut him off oh no I didn't because I was driving on a main street and I was going straight in my mind I had the right away yeah in Europe oh in Europe if somebody is coming from your right if they don't have a stop sign or a yield sign they have priority and you're supposed to stop and let them in Wow. Right? I mean, the look on your face. Yeah, that's different. And nobody had told, like, they didn't say, here's your new driver's license. Do you know the rules of the road here? Because I might have said, are they different? (laughs) You know? (laughs) And so there's these little things that we don't always anticipate. And I mean, why would you think something like that would exist if you'd never experienced it? So you help people navigate all of those things. Is that what you're saying? Expect the unexpected. Yeah. Just little simple things that we can do that sometimes are just, you know, sometimes the most obvious things are the hardest to see. Mm. So would you say you're kind of like a coach? Like you go through the whole process with them from the beginning to getting them settled in and and holding their hand. Is that right? Yep, exactly. I mean, I'm not going to, I don't do the visa application and things Mm. like that for me. Um, I'm not an immigration lawyer. Mm. I've used one mm. because I've, yeah, just, I mean, I've almost broken the law before by not knowing the rules of moving to another country as well. <laughs> so <laughs> I have used an immigration lawyer. And you need one. Do you um, need one to move? You to don't another? need one. I mean, I only used one once and it was simply, I mean, it was the first time that I left the country. Mm. And um, it was on a whim. I went for a long weekend and fell in love with the palm trees and bought a house before I went home and went and I found myself a job and I didn't know that I needed a visa yet. (laughs) So what country was that? 
I was just going from Canada to the United States. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, <laughs> turns out you're not allowed to buy a house when you don't have a visa oh. or you're not a resident. <laughs> oh, I hope you didn't lose your house. No, no, no. There's always, and that's the thing that, I mean, I, I like about what I do too, is letting people know that everything is possible. Mm. You know, like there's, I mean, the first four immigration lawyers that I contacted told me it wasn't possible because I wanted to start my job in five weeks. Oh. And everybody was saying it takes at least six months. Oh. And, and you know, if, if you really want something, everything is possible because five weeks later, I was at work and I was living in my house. So, <laughs> so you're, a, you're a possibilities gal. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, anything is possible if you want. It's your life, right? We get to yeah. create it. Sometimes we have to get creative. Yes. But... You know, I, I, I just think it's, you know, I was struggling with some things a few months ago and I was looking at all the problems, you know, and then I thought, oh, man, I've got to stop looking at things as a problem and looking at, and I switched it up to possibilities. And even though nothing had changed, it wasn't long after that that you that I ended up messaging you and you told me about this, uh, you know, visa information. And my mind went, you know, it was like, yes, there's possibilities. Yeah. There's possibilities. It was very exciting for me, even though I haven't done anything about that yet. <laughs> but uh, just because it's not the right time. But it kind of like cracked open a door of of light came in, and you know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was it was a very special <laughs> moment when I got your message. Actually, you I'm know. glad you brought that up too, because I mean, there's so many kinds of visas out there, and people mm. do have this idea of oh, I would love to live abroad, but, you know, I don't have the finances in place Mm. or I don't qualify for the visa or, Mm. and they don't know and they haven't really looked at all of the options that are out there. Mm. Mm. Because I mean, for the one that I had sent for you, I mean, I don't think anybody talks about that visa where you can just have a visa because you have a family member living there and you want to spend time with them. Like it's- I know, that's amazing. Yeah, so you- we only know what we know until someone tells us something different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you think you're going to stay put in France, huh? In this, ta- in the, your town. That's the idea. I mean, that's where I'm at right now, and so <laughs> I, I really love it here. And we yeah. have, um, it was the garden. Oh. I mean, it was the garden that was the clencher for me. You know, Stonehenge, those yeah. stones. Mm. Um, so they're called minils and the mm. tabletop ones are called dolmens. And the highest, there's some in Asia. There's a few in, in Africa as well. And the highest concentration is here in Brittany, France. Huh. Oh, you're and in Brittany. Oh, my God. In Brittany. Oh. And um, when we started looking at houses, because we went, this is like, it was a really pleasant surprise. It wasn't at all what we were expecting. Yeah. And so we started looking at houses and I mean, this house, we had to get it and completely rebuild it. But when I walked into the garden, I went, this is it. Like we have to, cause we have two of those. No, we have a big, big mini. We have two small ones and we have a dolmen. 
So we have these stones that are like 5,000 years old. Oh my Lord. That's with amazing. all the story and like magic oh. surrounding it that I was just like. Oh. So the energy and, with yeah. that is really incredible. Dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. And where, I mean, I, I can walk to like five different beaches and it's just, oh. it's, we're on vacation all year. And then, you know, we go to Paris to visit our daughter or we yeah. go, you know, elsewhere. And, um, but it's almost been three years that I've ah. been here. So that's why I really started concentrating on like helping other expats yeah. so I could also live vicariously and get my, my fulfillment <laughs> that way. Yeah. So hopefully it'll keep me here for, yeah. A while. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. And so even though you're fixed for a while, however long that's going to be, you can relish these other cultures quite easily. Exactly. Yeah. When we left Germany, my husband actually wanted to go to Canada. Oh. And I I just couldn't anymore because I told him, I mean, exactly what you were saying. Mm. But even traveling within the country can be expensive. And mm. I mean, in Canada, you can take an eight-hour flight you're still in Canada. You've got the same spices, the same language, the same music. Whereas yeah. it's true in Europe. I mean, in the summer, if you want a good ice cream, you can just go to Italy for the weekend. Oh. <laughs> you can go to Spain for a good paella. You know, you can, it's, it's so accessible because it's so small. Usually when you start a business or something, people ask like, what is your why? What is your why? Go oh, deeper, yeah. go deeper, go deeper. Yeah. And there was once when I was doing this exercise of like, I think you had to ask yourself why like seven or eight times. Oh, okay. And I realized that um, by living the life of an expat or by traveling the way that you do and, you know, getting to see like the real culture, not staying mm. in the tourist resort, but actually going into the culture, into mm. the neighborhoods and everything you develop such a strong understanding of yourself, mm. of your original culture and of all cultures that you get to experience. Mm. And it basically makes it impossible to be prejudiced because you can't mm. dislike, you can disagree with something, mm. but you can't dislike something if you understand it fully. Mm. And I kind of started to think of like, you know, if people just moved and lived and immersed in different cultures, we could possibly change, you know, the level of racism yeah. in yeah. our world yeah. from yeah. all your travels, mm. because you've been to a lot of countries, experienced a lot of cultures as well. Have you noticed a shift in yourself and in the way that you see and think of other cultures? Yeah, I mean, I grew up in a unusual way. I went to uh, 10 primary schools so in five years I went to 10 schools so right from an early age I was someone who had to adapt I think I thrive on the new experiences you know I do mm. mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a magical thing to get to discover this world I remember when I was, yeah, so I was five years old that's when it planted because I remember I went into my uncle's office mm. and he had this globe on his desk. <gasps> and yeah. when you're five, like you're going to live forever. Yes. <laughs> and there was this like the entire world. I could put my hands around it and I went, it's small. I'm going to, I want to do it all. Like I want to yeah. see it all. And 
to live your entire life on one little point. I don't know. It's like, it, it makes me sad to this day. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess different people have different concepts of what is safe, Yeah, you know, and for some of us who like to travel, you know, we get comfortable with the unknown, whereas not everyone, that's not everyone's bag. It doesn't mean it's small or wrong or anything. But I remember when my son was in a high chair, we had a big world map in our kitchen and, you know, he'd tell me to stop at a certain place and and then we'd talk about that country and what it was like and yeah so we kind of traveled around the world while he was mm-hmm. you know eating his meal and now he's an avid traveler and lives in Sweden so yeah I really set that up badly <laughs> and now on the other side of the world god damn it <laughs> but uh yeah anyway <laughs> that's the thing I mean it's there's always the pros and the cons right yeah yeah I mean I just came back from Canada my mom's been suffering from oh, yeah. Alzheimer's for the last five years I'm an only child. And so, you know, and I, I actually just wrote an article um, at two o'clock this morning. I woke up because I finally got rid of like the guilt, which was self-imposed. You know, you take one person's comment on like, oh, it's so bad that she's by herself. Mm. And then you just bring your down yourself down that dwindling spiral if you allow yourself to. Mm. And um, I mean, I realized like all of the experiences that we have had as a result of it and Mm. you know she she was very catholic so i mean she got to go to mass in saint patrick's in dublin she's been to the vatican she's been to you know and and so there's always these pros and cons like i mean the kanya i'm not there at the moment but there's these memories that she still holds on to that Mm. she wouldn't have had if i Mm. did and so, I mean, we all have our own path, right? Mm. We all have our own purpose, our own path. And, you know, as long as you know what it is that you want and you go after what you want, not what others think you mm. should want or what they think you should do, mm. then life yeah. is good. It's gold. Yeah, that's so right. You, Yeah, you really have to be at peace with your choices. And even when you make wrong choices, you have to go, oh, well, that was a bit of a... Not a that was a great lesson. <laughs> my daughter, I don't. I hope we're not running out of time. But my daughter. Oh yeah, we a, should stop soon. But that's okay. I could talk to you forever. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> when she was in Australia, I hope she doesn't kill me for telling me this. Um, so she wanted to extend her visa and stay longer. So you have to do farming. Yes. But it was in the winter, and so bad timing for farming. And so I think they did mm. like sugarcane and then garlic. And they ended up on a bad farm. It was kind of shady where Mm. like he was always taking new recruits. And so there wasn't enough work for the people that were already there, Mm. which meant they couldn't necessarily pay their room and board. Mm. And one night the lady came and she was like, you guys have to go because tonight he's going to take your passports because you haven't paid your your rent. Right. Because they weren't working anymore. There was no work for them. And we were in Canada visiting and I get a phone call from her and she's like, mommy, you've got to wire me some money. And she's in tears and like the world is ending. So of course I have a mini heart attack. Like, oh my God, what's going on? My baby's literally on the other side of the world. Oh. And uh, she tells me what's going on. And so they've been like, they wanted money for a hotel so they can like hide out and then get, and they were like walking I around a park 
with hoodies, hiding <laughs> up with her hoodies and stuff. <laughs> so I Western Union money to her. And I was like, honey, look, it's traumatizing right now. Yeah. But there's money. And she was with two of her, well, her now boyfriend and their other friend. Um, and so I was like, it's going to work out. And just remember, <laughs> like in five years, this is going to be the best story. story that you have to share. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's funny how some of the worst things which you survive end up being the best stories. I have to say that it's been really delightful chatting with you. And we haven't chatted before, everyone out there. It sounds like we're kind of old friends, but we <laughs> we haven't chatted before. Um, so thank you for coming on, um, Therese. It's been really great. And well, thank you so um, much for the invitation. It was a really pleasant surprise. This was oh good. You know, it's like talking with an old friend. It's just like it go on forever. <laughs> I know, and we're up to forty five minutes, so we're going to have to stop. But uh, I might just get your website um, for anyone out there who is thinking of the possibility of maybe um, you know traveling overseas to live, or just maybe wants to explore that. Mm -hmm. so it's very easy to remember it's passport yeah. lifestyles passport dot, lifestyles yeah plural dot fr yes because i'm in france now so yeah that's great <laughs> yeah um yeah i mean it's a really good site i i looked it up and um there's some great sort of um courses you can do I think is would be the right word for it There's, right? yeah I mean I've got um I have like a free for each one of the phases uh -huh. which I highly recommend because just like if anybody is like holding themselves back for whatever reason uh -huh. if I can get one thing across it's that when you have I always say like close your eyes where do you see yourself uh -huh. that's where you should be you can oh. visit and travel to everywhere else right but I mean why not live where you dream of and it's possible it's possible for anybody at any phase of their life yeah I mean I'm saying it's possible for anything there's obviously some countries that yeah. have complications there's yeah. one lady that's in Iran at the moment and it's oh that's difficult yeah yeah. Um, so there are situations like that where obviously mm. it's not so easy, mm. but. So yeah. I see you like a fairy princess that has a wand that taps mm. and everything like you demystify where it's kind of foggy and cloudy. You go like this. You can't see me, people, because you're listening, but I'm kind of like a wand. And all of a sudden it goes clear and all the possibilities are before you that's how I see what you are I love that oh wow you have me trance there I want my wand <laughs> you need a wand with a little star <laughs> a little glittery star on the end we better finish off there but thank you so much for sharing your wonderful stories I've loved it and and I'm sure every everyone out there who listens will has enjoyed it and I hope you enjoy it so thank you everyone for listening and I hope we've wet your taste buds for uh, possibly traveling a bit more or whatever so until next time everyone go well live in joy ciao thank you thank you <laughs>